Last time on Almost Heroes, Callahan the Cleric explained the long-told folk tales told to every Sicilian since birth, explaining the rise of the Seven after defeating Ao and the three titans that aligned themselves with him. I eventually told Callahan I likely have some kind of power in me, maybe Mordian, maybe not. Sensing the concern from Callahan, conversation escalated to a new level of intensity, resulting in a zone of truth off to determine uh, whose was more truthy. Callahan ultimately deems that we need to travel to Driften to seek out Eustace to ensure that we have enough power to cast the spell strong enough uh, to explore Bryn's soul gem and determine if Loth is in there. Glenn and Rangrim need a few more days to wrap up their business here, and we decide to move Bryn to the inn. Uh, we resolve... I wrote that out of order, and I apologize. Uh, <clears throat> take two. We'll just start in the middle. Glenn and Rangrim need a few days to wrap up their business, and we decide to move Bryn to the inn to watch the stars uh, fall. Unsure of his stability of his soul gem and our new awareness of this dark passenger. While watching, Raingrim perceives that they aren't just rocks or shards of energy falling from the sky, it's some kind of energy falling out of a portal, much like we did in the vision falling into Brynn's Warforged body. That is where we left off. Thank you very much, Bobby. That brings us to episode 90, Golden Grime. So when we last left our Almost Hero story, the three of you along with Bryn and uh, with some reluctance, his elderly Claire friend Callahan, uh, ended up back uh, at your lavish uh, top floor suite at the Starwood Inn. Um, and you all kind of just decided to spend the evening taking in your first uh, viewing of the Starfall of the season. Um, so, you know, kind of as the gleaming streaks uh, of light are, you know, kind of falling to earth as you all are kind of sitting on this back patio facing out towards this just kind of uh, like plains and... Um, you know, extended fields and even some like uh, some forests in the distance. Um, Rangrim, you kind of, like he kind of sees something you know, ever ever perceptive. Rangrim, and looking up into the sky, you see that these 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 lights falling to earth seem to be kind of coming from somewhere. You can see that there is a minuscule holes in the night sky, is what it seems like to you. So, you all stayed up there on this, you know, back porch, uh, admiring the view for a while. You know, just kind of enjoying these celestial events and watching them unfold. Um, and you know, of course, continuing to partake from time to time with you know Rangrim's potent magical herb, uh, before eventually you know falling asleep. And Boys, you have some strange dreams. Um, you you feel like you are back inside Bryn's soul gem. You just feel 
enclosed. You feel claustrophobic. And you are angry. Angrier than you ever been. And that's saying something for Rangrim. And you're just, you're having these thoughts that are just like kind of flashing past your head. You don't see anything really. Just like this, this kind of amalgamation of shapes and colors. And you're just thinking, how dare they? Who are they to decide your fate? You have just as much right as them. And after all, you're one of their chosen children as well. And then there's kind of like this, this you feel that some of that anger subside and it kind of congeals into just this vicious resolve. And you smile because you aren't scared. If that's how they want to play it, so be it. It's time to let chaos reign. And this, this kind of like, this whole kind of amalgamation of these feelings and like memories and thoughts are kind of just flying past you in this unconscious state. And it's unsettling for sure. Um, but you all eventually kind of wake up uh, and, you know, in your own time and uh, in different, probably different places, uh, potentially even different than where you were when we last left off. Um, but I will say this, uh, as a kind of uh, consolation prize for your, uh, for that kind of troubling uh, nighttime viewing, uh, you all have leveled up to level 12. So <laughs> congratulations. Congratulations. Oh, uh, long overdue. Uh, but shit. Didn't oh, see that one coming. So we're going to spend the rest of this episode uh, leveling the guys up, really talking, getting into the real nitty gritty of, uh, yeah. of the leveling system of Dungeons & Dragons 5th uh, edition. So, so the uh, we're gonna really class kinda... at level 12 actually... <laughs> Um, and everybody left. No. They're gone. Where'd they go? <laughs> oh, no. They're all... Uh, yep. And uh, they vaporized. Okay. Um, no. So uh, we are not doing that. We are going to continue and level up, uh, you know, kind of uh, offline. But where did uh, where did you all wake up? Let's start with Rangrim. Where did Rangrim eventually that night fall asleep? And uh, where did you wake up? Uh, I think um, if I remember correctly... Uh, Rangrim was hanging out in a, a rocking chair. I believe it was like the first time he saw one. He thought they were just like, like the best thing ever. Like a chair yeah. that, that rocks. This is great. This rocks. Um, I think he just passed out in the rocking chair. Okay. After one or two many ales and a little too much of the uh, wizard weed. That's got to give us a fighting chance. Come on, all these crogs in a row. Dude, we're gonna. <laughs> I lost track. I, I mean, you guys. Oh my gosh, John. Like, I think I had like eight or nine, maybe even ten on Thursday. Like, I've. Dan, you're, gonna up, you're gonna have to up the uh, the 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 cost of a grog redemption. I shouldn't because... have, I just shouldn't have said anything. No, you've you've manifest. Come on, you you know how the internet works. <laughs> <laughs> now everybody don't give me a million dollars so now we really need to dive into the uh, nitty-gritty of the uh of watsi's uh dnd system really just talk about it in depth you guys are okay. so screwed uh, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna spoilers 
for anyone who's uh, new here tonight, I, I, this stream would be terrible if I drank. Uh, so I, I'm drinking water, but I will make up for it as soon as the stream is over. Uh, they can all vouch for that. It's impressive. He does. It's, mm -hmm. it's brief, but it works every time. <laughs> um, I'm not drinking as strong. I don't know what I'm, I don't even know what percent tonight is. It doesn't have it on the can, so. Could well, be. you know, Grog really isn't isn't really known for its labeling, so it's true. Oh or texture, viscosity. <laughs> oh, um, you really got to chew it. That's how you know that it's better. Unfiltered. <laughs> uh, Dan, what? Where did Rangrim wake up? He woke up in the in the rocking chair. Um, Correct. <laughs> we're we're okay. We just need to recap that. We, we we need to really talk about this rocking chair again in in great detail. Um, and the love sex. <laughs> okay, so let's let's jump to the next. Uh, BK, where did uh, where did Glenn Wake go? In Cosmos, love sex. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, I'm gonna be honest. I think this is the first time in a long time, Glenn, because he rolled. I think a, I think I rolled a nat one looking at the stars, and he just did. is in uh, was in hardcore reflection mode of everything that's been going on. Uh, you know, the conversation with the um, with Callahan really kind of put a lot of perspective on kind of how much effort and work went into sealing Takara away. So I think I think Glenn just got a nice little buzz and passed out in the hammock that he was watching the stars in. And I mean, I guess elves don't sleep, but whatever he did to put his mind at ease, I think he probably had some mental conversations with like Chandrell or. He was, he was kind of just living in his own world for a minute. And yeah, I think a, he just right out of the, the hammock. A deep meditation. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of shit was happening around him and he just ignored all of it. He assumed he, he felt safe for the first time in a minute. Yeah. For sure. How about you, Cosmo? Um, I think... Uh, yeah, because Cosmo spent most of his time like enjoying I mean, maybe he laid down on the the out on the wood deck and just passed out, and uh, woke up with a stiff neck. You know, maybe. Just, oh, jeez, cranky. And uh, just kind of sits up and is like, "Oh, that was weird." Maybe just looks around. It's like bright sun. I imagine just. Not the best way to wake up. Uh, yeah, you look over, and you can see that it looks like it took some some effort. You can see some like, uh, <laughs> um, some. It definitely seems like he kind of flattened it getting out, but you can see that Bryn has uh, eventually found a way to vacate his uh, his his love sack, his big giant beanbag chair on the deck. Um, and you don't see him around you right now, um, but you do see Callahan uh, snoring uh, heavily in the rocking chair directly next to Rangrim, who you see uh, Rangrim seems to be kind of uh, stirring as well. Um, I just, I think if I see Rangrim stirring, I think I might just get up and... Um... I don't know, maybe I would just shake him and I'm just rang rangrim. Rangrim. Um, um I'm I'm awake. I'm fuck off. Um 
Trust me, I'm I'm awake. Great. And then I think Cosmo would just probably wander into the um into the room or into the living quarters and just maybe even just find a place to fall over because he feels like he did not sleep well. Your neck is just kind of all to like crick to one side because if you if you actually straighten it, it like is painful. So you kind of like just like walking kind of like this the entire time. Yeah, he just looks for the comfiest place to like lay back down. <laughs> there, there are definitely. I mean, each of you had your own beds inside. There are four rooms that are separated off on the opposite wall from where you guys slept on the patio. Um, so yeah, I mean, you could definitely like <laughs> crash down into uh, into your own bed as well if you'd like to. Uh, sure, you know, that's find a he, soft place to lay. That's where he he wanders over to. Ringroom getting up from the rocking chair that he was sleeping in. Um, I think most of us have had a moment. You ever fall asleep in a, like a lawn chair and it's the worst experience, like waking up. And like everything creaks and pops as you stand up, especially as you get older. Yeah. Any kind of like, yeah, more jujubes. You need them. So he like kind of he stands up and is like walking towards the the balcony of the area they were sitting on. I'm assuming there's some sort of like ornate railing that was there. Without yeah, it seems like it's was. formed. It seems like it's formed like it's almost like a gnarled uh, vine that's running across the top part of this railing. A rangroom kind of stands up and creaks his neck and leans over, like thinking on um, seeing that portal or void or rift or whatever it was that he saw and um when you detailed that like dream that like we all kind of saw that right i mean yeah you haven't talked to each other yet uh so you wouldn't know for sure but okay. uh i mean you definitely you definitely experienced it and Grand Grimm's um, kind of used to the bad dreams at this point so <laughs> this is like par for the course so he's not yeah. before even like saying anything like he reaches into his boot and to pull out one of the cigarettes and it's one of the ones of the wizard weed that he partake of last night. And nope, <clears throat> that goes right back in. And he just kind of leans over, looking off into the, looking up at the sky where he kind of saw these events taking place. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you're looking up and actually roll me a perception check. I know you have a pretty good passive, but we'll, we'll see what you get here. Um. My perception, it's not that good. It's a plus nine, so it's a 26. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I don't know if you know much about Dungeons & Dragons, but that's a pretty good That's a pretty good role, I would say. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're looking up, and, and you can, like, you were the only one who was able to really see something of interest uh, during the Starfall and notice this, like, place, a potential place of origin that these... these these like streaks of light were coming from and as you're looking up now like it's a beautiful like mostly clear day with like some kind of light clouds that are uh you know streaking across the the early the early morning uh sky like you know kind of reflecting the 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 sun rising uh you know on the east as well and so like you're getting some splash of color underneath them um but 
you're you don't see any kind of hole in the sky or anything like that and you feel like you would notice if that was like a regular occurrence if that was just up there uh on a day-to-day basis um so you you like i don't know like there is a level of it where you're like you feel confident in what you saw but you also were like heavily inebriated <laughs> so it's like there there's like a okay hey that I don't see that now. Um, so kind of take that as you will, but it's a, uh, it's a beautiful day. Flynn in like the hammock, probably just off to Rangram's side. It's doing that like little knife balancing thing while he's in the hammock. So like, there's a lot of sway going on and he's kind of, kind of yell at Rangram's like, Rangram, you thinking about something deep? You have that, uh, a wrinkle in your forehead when you're trying to think what's going on. I mean, what do you mean wrink, wrinkle on my forehead and he's oh yeah, yeah that one. you're right that one um so I mean full disclosure I kind of said I would tell you guys when these things happen um I had another weird dream and it kind of had to do with like when we were inside uh, whatever the fuck that was in Bryn's chest and um, it wasn't good yeah I've uh, been thinking about that a lot too there was there was a passion a, like a, a fury that I don't I don't think was mine I don't really get mad kind of it, it takes a lot to piss me off I felt like fury, like not so you you kind of angry like fury, the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It felt I mean, more real than we were going through it at the time. I, I think I might have been in a similar space as you as we kind of drifted off. Whatever but, you but like, your beard I mean, was was having some effect. I mean, yeah, that that was definitely not helping the situation. But I mean, being in this. Like being here before, I don't know if you felt it, but it did it not feel like it was you or like your anger or like like it was something else imposed on you? Is that the right word? Actually, quite impressed. I was gonna see if you maybe had talked to the Baron lately and gotten your hands on some, some DOS dogs, because that's not usually your your wheelhouse. But yeah, that imposed feels like it. Uh, it felt like I was ultimately like a, a part of that feeling. It, it felt like it was originating from me, but again, I don't, I don't really give two shits generally what's going on. So it's kind of alarming that it felt like it was coming from me, because again, it not usual. I mean, same with you. I don't really ever see you get incredibly angry, but you were kicking a lot in your dreams last night. Kind of like running. Kind of cute. I guess, I guess you were mad. I mean, I do that sometimes when I dream. I mean, uh, uh, it, who knows what I'm dreaming about? I'm just yelling like, I'm going to hit this kid. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think maybe we should talk to Cosmo because dreams are important to us apparently pretty consistently throughout our, our time together and 
two of the yeah. three of us are having the same kind of dream. I imagine the third has, and if the third hasn't, we should probably figure out why not, because either we're turning bad or he is. And I mean, if I'm... It, it, and if it doesn't turn out to be anything bad, like, maybe we gotta go back and um, pick up more of that shit. Uh, I have never agreed with more of a statement than that because if it can give us like a shared dream we need to end up in that supply line because like that's that's cool we could market right. that bro you got a good brain for this sort of thing right i i think the baron would be very interested in investing in a joint opportunity in which the joints give you joint opportunities a joint you opportunity already, yeah you already got it i mean dream with your friends a joint opportunity you can hear animals talk to you. Like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> we can like send cops to a bunch of schools to tell you where not to get it, but also tell you like specifically where you can get it. And then you can just pick up weed and just distribute it that way, right? Mm-hmm. And call the program like Truth or something. Yeah, Whatever. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah. talk about it later. Let's go see mm-hmm. if Cosmos awake. And Glenn has been walking towards Cosmos and he casts Mage Hand. And he like slowly casts Mage Hand towards the door. And then very quickly I cast uh what the fuck is my spell? Uh I very quickly. Heard of that one. Is, I is that a fourth level spast. or fifth level? Uh it's actually gonna be second level Maximilian's Earth and Grasp, and I'm just gonna punch the door wide open. Intentionally not breaking it, but like knowing that he's probably hung over, just hold on. Busting I that door to... open. I have a question. Where is the dirt coming from? Oh well. Hmm, I like this. Hold on. Threaten this place me is coming clean. up with some bullshit. Is this it like a second clean. story fist and it comes up and over the balcony? Um, Technically, I just need a miniature hand sculpt from clay. Okay. It doesn't say that I need earth to work with. So okay. I go out and I find Tony and I sacrifice Tony <laughs> for this spell. Oh, Tony. <laughs> tribute we, Tony. Tony. We all know <laughs> that Tony got, we all know that Tony is at the bottom of the ocean yes. having been poured out Rip. on the Red King ship. Yes. He oh, is. he's not dead. He's just, he's slowly walking. He's going to make his way back. The bottom of the ocean. Oh. He's got to get, he's going to get there right when we fight Chikar and he's going to be. Guys, I forgot the most important thing. Rangrim. When you Tony look leveled? at Glenn, oh. when you look at Glenn, he has a Hulk Hogan mustache on. Yes. And this uh, whole so time, as, he has been as, speaking with the saying the word brother just inter, interposed into his speech without realizing it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. As the door punches open for Maximilian's Earth and Grass, I say, good morning, brother. <laughs> but Glenn only hears good morning. <laughs> the... So I just just a retcon. Ringram notices that he's still the mustache is somehow back. The cursed Hogan mustache he made. Because Glenn did attempt to did he try to destroy it or did he just like chuck it somewhere? He threw it on the ground. He threw it on the ground. Okay, so it's mm-hmm. back on his yep. face. Ringram's kind of the cursed uh, mustache has returned. Uh, n- n- nice. He he sees it, does not inform Glenn. <laughs> and takes no no time to pay attention to it and 
Yeah, wakes up Cosmo. Have a slightly, you'll, you'll have to roll for an itch check to see if you have a slightly itchy upper lip from time to time. Um, so the, the uh, Cosmo, your door goes uh, bursting in. You probably have just like barely nipped off to sleep uh, after kind of having stumbled in there. Uh, and you, I think, uh, roll me a dexterity saving throw. Wow, really? It's a nat 20. You avoid a pretty heinous neck injury as you whip your head around uh, as to see what has punched your door in. So I want to make you take any <laughs> neck damage. Um, yeah, so you uh, you whip around and are just like at the ready uh, in full like Jackie Chan arms up ready to uh, fight whatever is coming through your door. And you see in the doorway uh, as this like earthen fist clears out of the way, uh, you see Clint and Rangram. As uh, Cosmo wakes up suddenly, he's just, what, what is he? Oh, that's a nice mustache there, Glade. <laughs> it's real good. You're not supposed, you weren't supposed to. Oh, never mind. What? It, I'm... How the hell, brother? And rips it off. <laughs> but go find a new home. And I just throw it. It uh, it kind of like, I mean, like any very light item that you would throw across the room, it doesn't go very far. And then as soon as it hits the ground, it starts inching its way back towards you across the floor. I, I look to it and go, don't make me get my hat. <laughs> it uh, hides behind a table leg. Smart mustache. How you feeling, Cosmo? Good morning. Feel, feel, feeling much better now. I feel like I slept like a whole extra night on this bed and suddenly feel alert enough to uh, be ready for any intruder at any moment. I was going to say, I felt like Rangram and I woke up like a level stronger, but you look like you woke up like the same level you went to bed. Are you sure you're feeling okay? Yeah, feeling great. Feeling like a net 20. That's <laughs> a great way to feel. Well, uh, we wanted to ask you if you had the same exact dream that we had, because we've both had it, and we're trying to figure out whether or not you're on the outs this time or if there's something else going on. Yeah, there was this line. I mean, it was like the only thing I can remember, and then I woke up. It just keeps reverberating in my brain, and I don't like it. It, it was uh, something like, let, let rain chaos or something. Let chaos rain. Yep. It's, mm -hmm. it's raining chaos, uh, something like that. that. That seems bad. Yeah, that seems bad. I don't, I don't recall that piece. I might have been waking up around then, but Rangram, does that sound? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's about right. And um, is Callahan still sleeping on, like, the balcony? Oh yeah, you can hear his uh, his deep reverberating snores uh, from the uh, from the balcony as he's like kind of just fully knocked back. This big uh, this this large elderly orc uh, is just kind of uh, fully asleep. And um, Bryn also was staying with us too, right? He was, yeah. He when when you all fell asleep, he had been in that uh, love sack uh, out on the patio, uh, and you can see that in the night at some time, uh, you, knowing that he doesn't sleep, uh, he got up and is no longer there. You don't see him in the in the room with you either. Okay. Uh, well, 
I mean, if I'm if I if I'm want to speak on a, a subject, it's probably that if we're all having a weird bad dream, it's probably a bad sign. Do we tell uh, Calhoun about it, or I don't do we know. just lie to him? Because I mean, he's just gonna be pissed, and the guy's kind of a fucking dick. Well, I mean, if you just you tell him that it's it happened, I mean, it wasn't that mean when I told him that I or mean upset. He was just mostly concerned when I told him that I thought I had a piece of Morden in me. Something you guys think it's more than I'm it's still out for uh debate now for me, but uh, um, it is not, but continue, right? Understood. Uh, I think we tell you, I think, uh, yeah, I'm I'm with Cosmo on this one. I think he's uh, although he may be a man of faith, he's also apparently a man of science, and us scientists like to at least get data points, he's gonna make some stupid decision what to do with his faith at least give him all the the information he can get right right because what we just experienced was one of us wants to fight gods i don't really understand how that feeling worked but i mean i had a i had a legitimate vengeance against what felt like the seven so what do you well we, we work with him as much as we can you guys remember when we were inside Bryn's head or chest, Art. or purgatory, or wherever the hell that was. Purgatory and we saw, like, um, like, that piece, like, fall through and, like, hit that body of Brins. So, yeah, yeah I, re- I remember. Well, when I was looking up at the sky, and we saw all them cool lights, that's what I was seeing. What you were seeing and this happens vision? every year. So, like, whatever this, whatever that rift is, I, I don't know. It looked like the same thing that we saw there in a inside a Bryn. When we last night. Like how we're talking about it, like super far in the past. Last night, did we see anything fall towards the earth, or was it just kind of shooting across? The right word, just shooting across like the cosmos. Because I mean, they looked like they were going somewhere. It wasn't yeah. just like they didn't just like clear over the horizon. They kind of they. It looked like they were falling on something. Yeah, I'll say that for sure. Um, you like some of them did seem like they were kind of streaking over the horizon kind of thing, like going further away, but you could definitely tell that some of them uh were falling between you and like the horizon. Like you could tell that they were like you don't know if they were making impacts, uh, but there was there was definitely like you know, closer than the hemisphere <laughs> kind of thing. Um, another thing is and I, I don't know if we've talked about this, but like this is something that you all have known about and it's it's more of like a seasonal occurrence that happens every year and it, it like it's a range of time basically that this happens for it's not exact and it's not the same every year 
Um, but this is something that you've heard about, like all, it's not something you see from everywhere. Uh, and it, it, it's, it's, it's something that like is, um, I don't know, particularly different, different parts of the continent um, have better views of it. Um, and probably definitely not uh, uh, Tintown, you know, being down in a bowl more uh, probably has a, a much worse view of, of something like this and it would be far more distant. Um, but it is something that you are aware of, uh, and it's just kind of like a thing that's like the Aurora Borealis. You you know about it. Uh, tell Calhoun about, damn it, Callahan about the dream we had last night. I was, Rangan, we caught me early in the morning. That's that's good. Uh, I think we talked to Callahan, Callahan, Jesus, Callahan about the dream we had last night, and uh, I think we also kind of need to find Bryn because yeah, we were supposed to be watching him, weren't we? Right, if that's more something's coming into our something. Yeah, well, uh... <laughs> Might be more going for his, his vessel than uh, just us. All right, well, uh, I really feel like we should find Bryn. I mean, Callahan, he's, he's snoozing. He's right here. We can tell him about the dream anytime. I mean, or I'll go find Bryn and you guys do whatever. I'm uh I'm right there with you. I'll I'll go patio. I can send Poe out and start looking from above if you wanna see if maybe he's just downstairs grabbing breakfast trying to pretend to be normal. Maybe. Uh, well let's uh I mean let's, we we, we, we probably just go downstairs and see if he's there and then if if not, like I'll just harass him. Yeah, just message him. Yeah, I'll just Call him in my head and ask him where he is. Right. I think uh, Cosmo would start walking downstairs. Okay. Cosmo, you go to open the door and almost immediately are met with uh, Bryn, who has is carrying a tray of food. And you can hear from downstairs uh, Anne's protest being like, I, you don't need to do that. Uh, we I, we we're gonna bring it up, okay? <laughs> as uh, as uh, as Bryn is uh, basically at the top of the stairs, kind of taken by surprise. He's still in his, um, you know, has has his ring on that is giving him the garb of or the I guess the appearance of his human form, basically before he became a warforged, uh, which is that like red-haired uh, man. Um, oh, Cosmo, <laughs> you scare me. <laughs> I figured out y'all were uh, gonna be asleep for some time. Just kind of went hard last night, so figured I'd uh, well uh, bring bring dinner up to, or bring well dinner and breakfast or whatever up to y'all. Well, that's that's mighty mighty kind of you, uh, Bryn. C- come on in. I was just going to see where you had headed off. Well, sorry, I didn't mean to give you a scare. We I don't need a babysitter. It's, <laughs> I can take care of myself. Oh no! It was just not, uh, not right. Yep. I just opened the door and let <laughs> Bryn in. You, uh, Bryn walks into the room Super and uh, drops and drops the uh, you know drop, puts the the plate down uh, on you know the main table in the middle of the room um, and starts kind of doling out uh, doling out some dishes for everyone. Uh, and you hear the uh, rocking chair. Oh, um, oh man, all, all kinds of good things. Uh, Sakalian, uh, you know, Sakalian breakfast meats. You don't mm. know 
what exactly it is, but it smells great. Um, you know, some some scrambled rocks egg probably, and uh, a big ass egg. Yeah, some um, you know some some of the Sakhalin rainbow corn. Uh, you know, off the cob, of course. That's been it's kind of like in a couple bowls. So you know, some some, some hearty hearty breakfast meals. Seems like it's mostly um, mostly natural in origin. You can imagine that. Um, uh, a dryad's not going to be uh, serving you something from uh, the the Sakalian wall uh, Walmart. Um, Glenn, Glenn absolutely swipes uh, Rangram's breakfast meats since he's not currently available to defend himself. <laughs> <laughs> um, you all hear a, a a heavy creaking of of wood from the rocking chair on the patio and goes, "Did I hear someone call me Calhoun?" Uh, yeah, well, that's what I call you. You see Callahan uh, stumping into the room with his uh, with his walking stick. Very stiff back, it seems. Very crouched over this morning. Uh, you know, not standing at his probably full six foot height um, as he's kind of slowly moving into the room, holding his back. Like, uh, I remember why I don't fall asleep in those things anymore. And he kind of s- stands himself up, kind of stretching his back. And you hear a, a few hearty pops from the upper part of his spine as he uh, kind of straightens his back and uh, kind of does a couple twists, uh, showing that he actually still has like a decent amount of like mobility, even though he's in like his his older age. Oh, thanks, Bryn. I appreciate you bringing that all up here. I know you're uh, a, <laughs> can't be the first thing on your mind. No offense. Why, why would that be offensive? Hey. Well, probably what? because I haven't eaten in uh Ye old, you know, 300 years or so. So, you know, I, ye old, those, those ye old. Yeah. You know, you know, the times of your, you know, all mm-hmm. that. The, the dust oh. times. Uh, some, sometime, sometime, uh, sometime shortly after uh, Callahan here was born, you know. And, uh, Callahan, that, a, oh, sorry. Hmm. I was going to say, he throws that, throws that jab right back at him. Callahan, you have a, any fun dreams last night? That's um roll roll an insight check. Oh wow, that twenty. That's uh, that, that's kind of personal, don't you think, there, Glenn? Don't sit down at every breakfast and talk about your dreams from the night before. It's like very casual to me. With a oh, and I do 20. it all the time. With an at 20, Glenn, um, you catch a very strange gaze, like uh, that look of surprise from both Callahan and also Bryn, um, who both kind of like look at, like you see Bryn kind of like, you know, kind of a fork or knife drops out of his uh, his hand as you're, as you're talking um, and kind of clashes to the plate. And you see Callahan who kind of like looks over at you with a look of surprise and shock goes, and now that you mention it, I did. Oh, great. So it wasn't just us. And he, like, high-fives Ranger. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you had the same one as I did, and blah, 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 he, he retells his, uh, his, you know, his memory of the, of the, the recollection of the dream. It didn't seem like a, a good one. And... I can't 
I don't know about you, but uh, shared dream experiences is not something I generally uh, have on a regular basis. And by the look of Bryn's face over there, looks like he had uh, had something going on too. He like looks over at Bryn. I uh, I told you before that there have been times when I had a feeling that there was something else in here, and I've never talked to it, but there's there have been like feelings and strange things, just but I, they always seem to kind of fade as time goes by. But I don't know. Last night I felt more connected to whatever it was but I could tell you one thing it felt familiar whatever that that anger was as though it was like an old friend but I don't know that was the most uh, extreme version of it I've ever experienced and uh, Callahan kind of like looking on and kind of nodding I was, uh, there was a lot of things I was afraid of before we decided to go on that little, you know, soul journey into your soul gem. But I don't know. Maybe we, uh, maybe we loosened something up or, I don't know. Not, I don't think we fully woke something up, but the fact that all of us had the same encounter or experience makes me think that because we were in there we're somehow connected to it now too in a way that I'm not really comfortable with personally um, I don't know maybe it'll be something that'll go away over time that'd be my hope you know maybe it's just residual from like residual tether that's still we're still part of us is still there I it's hard to tell without doing any kind of like further magical research or investigations, but that's my hypothesis right now. I mean, I kind of think it's awesome that we all had the same dream because normally I'm just having the shit dreams. And what to have you guys on the on 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 board with me? Uh, that's great. Yeah, misery loves company. I yeah, it that. makes me feel makes me makes you feel less crazy, right? Like I'm not. No, this lie. is this is the first for me. It's, I definitely feel a little crazy, but oh no, I'm it's crazy cool. with you. You get used to it. Oh, all right. About to like get rid of my eye. Or do I get to keep that still? I mean, you where do I start to... removing body parts? Oh, uh, it's it's kind of just like uh, it's it's in the moment, kind of like free expression. I mean, well. I, that's a lot. Like I definitely plan to cut my hand off, and that did that didn't work too well. I thought that I was gonna fix it, didn't. So can't recommend it. Thumbs up with his like warforged uh, hand. But you know, sometimes it's uh beneficial because like I couldn't do this before, and he does a thing where he shoots like <laughs> like a magical blade out of his hand, just like yeah. into the wall. <laughs> Which I love that you've only yeah. ever done that 
in jest or like by accident, never mm -hmm. actually in combat or in okay. any useful situation. <laughs> uh, making a point is always a useful situation. I mean, if you have a sharp blade, you're always making a point. You just, did you like three sentences ago set yourself up for that one? Cause that was impressive. I have a time turner and that's all I use it for. It's a real, <laughs> it's a, it's a real waste of abilities. Uh, so good. Uh, yeah, I, Callahan, I don't know if there's, uh, you know, much we can do to mitigate dreams. I, that seems like they kind of have to run their course or if you believe in that kind of thing, it's, it's more of an omen, but I agree with you. I think we knocked on a door and we were hoping nothing was going to answer and something's walking towards the door right now. Uh, maybe we need to speed up that five day timetable, but I, I think uh, whatever is inside of you, Bryn, has all the potential to kind of take over if it is what we think it is. Uh, a lot of, a lot of power that sits inside you and, you're, you're tough, you're strong, but you're not like father of all creation and God's strong, respectfully. Uh, no offense taken. I, uh, you know, I can, <laughs> yeah, arm wrestling AO or Lolth or any of these other uh, gods is not really, uh, was not really my intention, truth be told. Yeah, say the same, that sounds kind of cool does sound as soon as i said it you know what as soon as i said it right, it kinda... sound, sound pretty cool um a mental Maybe arm wrestle make though, that your goal is not really I mean, a physical see if i could if they could manifest then i could you know that's a one-on-one -on -one kind of thing that's a real you know that's a real uh that's a real fight right there but uh you know mental wrestling or whatever kind of uh thing may ensue not my uh let's just say strong suit uh, i could uh you know mental acuity is uh i don't know Maybe not my strongest suit. We'll see. Well, I mean, keeping you, I mean, out of the way of potentially more interactions with whatever the hell is inside of you seems like the number one goal while we finish up work in town. Do you guys, I mean, I, I imagine if you guys stay out of the way, things will be fine. So Cosmo or Rangram, do you think we should... Suddenly, it sounds like he does need a babysitter. You, uh, ooh, roll a, um, hmm, Cosmo rolling side check. Flynn slowly turns towards Bryn and just goes, oh, shit, in slow-mo. Insight check? <laughs> ooh. Is that what you uh, Yeah, roll an insight check, yeah. Okay. Unless you're trying to, like, specifically, like, punk him, which then he can roll in that, or, uh, uh, intimidation. <clears throat> It, yeah, it was mostly ma more made out of jest than. Uh, okay, well, insight was meant to gauge his his reaction, I guess. Uh, I'll roll whatever. Intimidation check. It's a thirteen for uh, insight. Okay. Uh, you see him kind of like look over, uh, much like a uh, you know a. Bryn is very old. But there are parts, there are certain times when uh, he comes across as someone who is not, um, who is just like a kind of angsty, uh, the same kind of um, 
you know, the same Bryn that rebelled against his family because he didn't want to become the king kind of Bryn. Uh, and you see that from time to time uh, come out. And this is one of those moments. As soon as you say he needs a babysitter, he looks immediately like his face drops. And he's like kind of a, a uh, you could fucking try kind of face uh, is, is kind of what you get from Bryn. Um, but that's that's basically it. <clears throat> oh, oh that, that's not funny. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I thought I was just trying to make light of... Uh... This weird feeling that you sometimes humor just is how I uh, uh, cope in awkward situations. That's all right. Just I get a little touchy about stuff like that from time to time. You're starting to sound like my my dear old dad. Oh no, no, much too young for that. Uh, but whatever. I mean, if you want to just go it alone. That's fine too. Otherwise, we're just here with you. Whatever. Um, you you see Callahan, who's kind of like looking over, making eye contact with with you guys uh, as you like making jokes about this. Um, kind of like a yeah. He really, we really do need to have someone watching him. He's like, uh, I mean, I can. I could probably take some, I mean, I don't know, Brynn, do you want to, if you, if you're don't have anything else to do today, we could, you know, I could, I don't have anywhere to, to go immediately. They don't need me right at the, at the temple, you know, right away. So uh, if you don't mind keeping me company, I would appreciate it, Bryn. Uh, and you see kind of Bryn takes his eyes off of, uh, off of Cosmo where he's still kind of giving you that, that challenging stare um, and looks over at Callahan and just kind of like nods and then like finishes like pulling out all the plates and like handing these, uh, like basically doling out different uh, servings of the food to everyone handing them out. Well, we uh, need to find a way to the archivists. Uh, I believe you brought some laundry in yesterday, Calhoun. Greatly oh. appreciative for that. You just call me Calhoun again. You did that? Is that not your? Is that not your name? <laughs> if no, I take Callahan, if I if I try to get you into the gate, and you call me Calhoun, it's gonna be really difficult for me to pull off that you are acolytes that are gonna be pledging yourself to the seven. But that's neither here nor there. I can. Uh, I can get you to the gate. I can get you, I think, inside. And then it's going to be you from there, and I'll come back here to the Starwood. I know we all know Bryn can't go in, can't go past the gates. They'll know it's him immediately, and it'll become a whole huge issue. That The minor illusion spell that's on him is not going to pass, and uh, he's not going to be able to make it in there in his you know, normal skin, let's just say. Uh, there's too many enchantments on that body to be able to get in there. It's it's quite an enchanting body, if you if you will. <laughs> um, so he kind of like points over to the corner where there's the sack of robes that he picked up from the dry cleaners before you like all, you guys all got basically heinously baked the night before, uh, and um, he's like, well, it's it's up to you all to figure out which ones fit. There should be a wide variety of sizes and whatever else in there. Uh, as soon as you're ready, we can go. Uh, Glenn finds the biggest one and puts it on. 
assuming it's gonna be the only one that'll probably fit him, or at least fit him better than the other two. Uh, Glenn, you pull one out, and uh, you pick out the biggest one, and it looks like it's made for a Goliath. Like it is, it is full dress, like full drapey dress all the way onto the floor for you. It's it's even more drapey than you're normally used to. Uh, Glenn's gonna see if there maybe is one slightly smaller. If that's a XL, I want the large. Uh, yeah, roll me just because it'll be fun. Roll an investigation check. Oh wow! Man. Investigate the shit out of this. Uh, natural <laughs> nineteen for a twenty-seven. I love that making nice. you guys burn all your good, your good rolls. I know. Uh, Absolutely. Twenty to nineteen. This is hell. There must be yeah. combat today because we're getting all of them right now. Uh, no, it'd probably just be you dying getting in the gate, but um, you, uh, yeah, you you search through and you find robes that are just like they look like they're made for you. They look like they're perfectly fitting. They're a, um, they're mostly like a, a silk, uh, like a, a white silk, like kind of flowing uh, robes that seem to have the ones where you like put your hands into them, um, and they they have like mild gold uh, filigree on them as well as like some silver and some black. Uh, but they're yeah, they're nice. They're 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 very they're very simplistic. A lot more simplistic than you've seen, you know, the clerics of the seven wearing. Uh, Callahan's in much more casual attire. He's not wearing his full robes, but the robes that you saw the clerics wearing within the chapel, like the Temple of the Seven, within the inner city. Um, but yeah. I, I, I think Glenn just keeps his also regular robes underneath it because it sounds like they're not very different and just is staying warm. Yeah, Glenn puts on the robes. Well, uh, Callahan, I'm ready. Boys, are you ready yet? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, hold on. And Brangrim's like stuffing his like big head through like a small, like uh, probably one of the smaller robes. Like a gnome robes? Yeah, like but... with his armor like still on. Um, I think roll me a, uh, roll me a, st- uh, roll me a strength check. Nineteen. Oh yeah, you tear you you hear a hearty rip as you basically like for as far as you're concerned, you get it on, but in the back it has just torn straight down like right in a V down the back. So like it just looks like you're wearing a children's costume now, where it's just like it is open in the back. <laughs> like a it's like a lemon on a lemon <laughs> juicer. Like you yeah. just like <laughs> just destroyed this thing. Uh, I don't. All right. Uh, I don't think that's gonna work. Ranger, feel like a, a slight draft in the back of your armor, I guess. I mean, no, not really. And he's kind of like, like doing one of these. Glenn's going to pull out the Goliath-sized robe, and he is going to like lay it flat, and then like eyeballing Rangrim, like eyeballing the robe on the ground. Rangrim, and he's just gonna swipe the double-bladed scimitar across the bottom and then swipe at the arms and hopefully get the dimensions as close as he can to Rangrim's size. Uh, roll me a performance check. It's probably the right width. Although I'm sure Rangrim has like a hundred spells that can do what I'm trying to do. Roll me a fashion check. A fashion check. Uh, I would obviously have advantage on that one. Uh, you said perform? Yeah, I, uh, I, that is a thirteen. Okay, it's 
it's a bit it's a bit ragged but and like a bit off like off center but like it's not terribly noticeable like it's it's go it, if you had it like when you lay it on the ground you're like uh one of those arms is a little bit longer than the other the bottom is maybe not particularly like exactly straight but when it's on it'll bunch him, up. It, yeah. it looks it looks fine it looks fine it'll bunch up it's fine i mean okay I, I, and he just puts it on over the ripped one that he has over his armor. <laughs> I got each... it. Double, double robes right there with you. With each step, you can hear more minor tears coming from the, the small robes underneath the larger robes. Osmo, you uh, coming in? Yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming. As a... Uh... He comes out of the room, pulling over his robes, I guess. Um, are yeah, are Glenn and Rangrim like waiting for Cosmo to come out in the robe, like a '80s montage, and we're just gonna shake our heads and, until he finds the right robe? Uh, Cosmo, roll me investigation. See if you find the right robes. The ones that really uh, show your inner self. It's really, it's really going to be the bell of the ball. All right. Every time Cosmo comes from outside the room, I, I like I use minor illusion to cast like flare behind him. So it's like, like it's a reveal every time he walks in the room. See, you guys thought you were going to do something interesting this episode. No, we are just going to be doing '80s montages of of, of fashion. We, we haven't even gotten to the shopping montage, and we're already at the fashion montage. We just yeah. skipped the... Well, you gotta look your best for the show. Uh, investigation is 13. Yeah, um, I think you find a pair of robes. I think they are uh, a bit snug. Maybe they're for, like, even a younger dwarf than you, but they, they seem to fit you well enough. You're just, uh, they're a little tight, a little tight in your tummy, but you're, it's, uh, it's, you're good. Cool. There's a, I think they're a little, they're a size too small, but uh, they'll do just fine. Yeah, I mean, can we just get going? It, it it's hot under all this. <laughs> it, are you sure? It looks like it might be a little drafty. If one of them is, the other one isn't, and then my arm is not. Are you guys ready to go? You guys have been montaging for the past 45 minutes, and I just... We need it. We need to go. Relax, Calamari. We're leaving. I'm just gonna. One of these days, I'm just gonna curse you, and it's gonna be really terrible. But that's that's not that's not today. But so, all right, let's go. And so, Cal, with Callahan leading you out, we're gonna we're gonna move this story and group of people forward. Um, Bryn is staying back at the Starwood. Um, just kind of hang, decides to hang out there. Um, and you all walk uh, through the, the city to uh, the most southern gate of the inner city of Goldbreak. And uh, this is the same, basically the same gate that you all entered into originally. Um, and as you start getting closer, uh, are you all dis uh, disguising yourself in any way, shape or form physically before going up to this gate? I would be doing the same thing we did. It's probably either as we're leaving the inn, but I'd be doing this 
at some point beforehand. The same, like just pure makeup and like adding like shoe polish to hair to darken it. Like Flynn's shocking blonde hair is now like dark, dark black, like Raven. Um, Rangrim's got some dope ass braiding in his beard where it makes him somehow look younger and yet more wise. Then Cosmo is uh, rocking some sweet, some sweet uh, like braids that go back up and okay. they, like fit in the braid of his head hair too. So it's like this weird just framing of braids. Um, whether or not it looks good is not necessarily what's important. It's just that they're so uniquely visible that you know for a fact they're not someone else. And that's what's important. You would remember this figure if you saw right. him. They are not nonchalant. They are chalant. <laughs> the most, the most chalant. <laughs> Sports chalant. Um, but again, so, no magic. This is all done course. with disguise. Of course, and skill. Um, are you helping to? Uh, are okay. First, I'll ask Cosmo Rangrim. Are you guys describe? Are you disguising yourself in your own ways, or are you allowing Glenn to dictate what you look like? Um, Cosmo, do you trust me? You, you trust me, right, Cosmo? Yeah. Well, yeah, I trust you. You, just, you trust me, then just, it's just fine. You're... Do it up like you did last time. It worked. Right. Yeah, because they didn't, they didn't, you didn't get in trouble in that visit, looking like Sid, your father. So the, um, with the, the pulled black, the, the pulled, pulled back black, uh, hair, um, like Mohawk thing you had. Yeah. Um, and then the, uh, the darkened eyebrows and beard and all that stuff. Agreed. Fierce eyebrows. Yeah. Fierce. How about you, Rangram? Uh, Rangram definitely trusts Glenn's uh, judgment. Um, so we're supposed to look like acolytes of like the seven kind of following Callahan. Is there like a book or like a like a holy text that they would like have? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's um, the equivalent of like the, the Boy Scout handbook kind of situation for, uh, you know, of the seven <laughs> situation. Uh, it's like a very, it's it's definitely for like, you know, new entries into the faith. Uh, but yeah, I think he has, he has like, like faith, he's handed faith out of like, the seven for dummies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, not, <laughs> not upsetting the empire for dummies uh, is, is in there. It's kind of tucked in. There's a chapter inside there as well. Uh, it says, do not steal from the gift shop. It's, it's, do it's double, double bolded, double bolded, double underlined. I didn't, Ringroom didn't see that part. So, I mean. It's your fault. You, you didn't read it. So Ringroom would be answer. Is the magnet still stuck to your butt, but underneath the ropes? Oh, 100%. That has not yes. moved yet. Love it. Love it. And it's what w would 7 do, right? WWT7D. <laughs> yes. Well, that's not a magnet. That's a sticker. It's true. The magnet is... is the name tag. The magnet that's is the name tag right. that says random. Yes. Of Rangrim. Yeah. Pieces of evidence. That's incredible. I love it. Yeah, so those are both there. Sorry, Rangrim, go. Uh, so uh, when we're leaving or approaching the gate, Rangrim is with like the holy text basically doing like a gregorian chant like 100 percent monty python trope like chanting and then hitting himself <laughs> in the forehead with the book 
I just love falling it. behind Callahan and not making any eye contact with anyone. Like, no, man, whack. And that's all. That's that's what he's doing. I love it. Um, what does Glenn, what, how do you change Rancraft's appearance? Um, hmm. I will say like this. Got, it's all, got, it's all. I was going to say, he got popped last time in not wearing the wig you guys you guys were not wearing your disguises when you got popped the picture that is that is now hung up magically on the uh the baddie billboard do not let into the inner city is your real ass selves not your in disguise selves because as soon as you got in you took off the uh the mustache mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. he took off the wig yes that's right Fuck that's me. right um lynn is going to Yeah, so the wig's magic. So the, Holy so shit! The wig's back. Does Rangroom have Lucius Malfoy hair again? Uh, yeah. I mean, we we got Genevieve. Uh, Lynn is going to take another shock of hair and be like, "Well, you know, guess we're siblings again." He's gonna feed it to Genevieve. Then, as she's like transforming, he's gonna ah! flop it on Rangroom's head. I love you're gonna be Glenn's gonna be bald by the end of this campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she doesn't eat like pounds of hair, but you know, it could be. <laughs> um, that's also why he cuts it off first and just doesn't give her access to the source because then she'll just yeah. really go crazy. And then Glenn's going to <laughs> put the fucking mustache back on. So now he's he's not the same brother. I imagine like brother. as as I'm putting the hat on to Rangram, I look down and like on the edge of my trailing cloak is just the mustache. I'm like, oh, well, fuck, okay, whatever. Just picks it up. Sticks it on his face like, brother's ready. Praise be the seven, brother. <laughs> oh, yeah, bro. oh my god, I love it. Um, okay, so uh, let's just uh, you all. Uh, Callahan takes you up to the uh, takes you up to the gate where you can see that there is. It's just back to the normal. Like there's two there's two guards that are sitting. Oh no, I'm sorry, two guards and then a third one who's sitting more closer to the. Um, the the court like not cork board but the the bulletin board that's up there the, the sign post that has like your guys's faces and a, a lot of other faces kind of magically uh, showcased onto it. Real quick, real quick before you before you proceed, Glenn also dyes his hair. I don't know if I expressly said that, but showing up with just a mustache would not be a good disguise. So Glenn Glenn goes like another mile to make sure that it's really not. You said you did the shoe polish and everything like that to dye okay, your hair. Okay, I, mean, I couldn't remember if I actually said that thing. out loud. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, it just in your own head. Yeah. Um, okay. So, I don't want to show um, up with just a fake mustache and be like, it's not me, guys. It's someone else. <laughs> My name is not Glenn Yaris. Um, now, Callahan uh, goes up, kind of like puts his arm back to uh, have you all wait. And... Uh, walks up and starts t speaking to the guards who kind of are looking back at uh, all of you. And, and so, and the, these guards, these soldiers uh, are the one, same ones that are wearing like the gleaming white armor with like the gold filigree and everything like that, that are, you know, you've seen a couple times, uh, you know, kind of tied to the seven. And so these are like soldier, you don't know whether these are soldiers of the faith or soldiers of just the inner city, but they have some sort of tie to the seven. Um, and you see them, kind of uh, talking to Callahan, uh, who is, uh, you know, kind of seems, they seem to be having a, a normal conversation. 
and they are then they all start kind of all these these two guards are looking back at the three of you um and you see them like pull out the uh the like kind of nod to Calhan and they pull out the rods these these like long golden uh rods and start to uh pass them over the three of you while looking on in uh, puzzled, uh, um, you know, puzzled questioning uh, at Rangram, who is continuing to smack himself in the face with the, the book. And as they're kind of, as they're kind of like finishing up, like waving these wands over you, uh, you hear one of them go, is he okay? I just, oh, really scraping the bottom of the barrel with these new initiates, huh? Okay. I mean, you believe in the seven, right, brother? Uh, yeah, brother. <laughs> of course I do. Uh, they are the only uh, gods as far as I'm concerned. You all are uh, looking to Callahan. Goes, uh, they are welcome to go on through. Uh, don't make any trouble. Uh, head directly to the Temple of the Seven. Please do not stop on your way. Uh, looking forward to uh, having you a part of our city. And uh, kind of uh, Callahan is uh, kind of you know nods to him, and um, you see. Uh, I think you guys have a couple like some some high perceptions. Uh, you see Callahan uh, slip this guy uh, a some sort of coin uh, as as he is uh, as he's kind of like kind of gives him a nod and uh, like kind of pats him on the the shoulder and um, walks past the three of you just kind of like giving you a quick nod and uh, heads back off uh, towards you know south towards the Starwood Inn. Um, and the three of you are. I can I make a quick investigation check to absolutely one remember the person and two remember the quantity, or try to catch uh, the quantity. Absolutely, yeah. Of coin passed. Yep. Roll oh, that. Fucking phenomenal. Natural seventeen, so more. Uh, huh. All of it. Investigation is what you want, or perception? Any preference? Uh, you were if you were specifically looking, roll an investigation uh 25 okay uh yeah you recognize this this soldier as one of the same ones it, it like a you know i'm just gonna say like a half elf uh the same one that was there the day before when you all entered um and as far as the value goes i'm gonna say that it probably is a gold piece um but yeah, you all uh, are free to enter into the inner part of the city. So we're going to the temple? I believe we have to go to the temple to not get in trouble. But once we get to the temple, we can potentially disrobe and become someone new. And become another person. Another person. We need to go, we need to go talk to the archivist. Zoe? It was Kel. That's what Glenn's about right now. Glenn's on that Kel quest. There's so many things that I am not even aware of all the side quests that we're doing. We're currently going to Kel to see if there is any information, one, about 
uh, kind of the fall of the Goldbrake family. Because in the book, we learned okay. that uh, the Goldbrakes basically were just like literally branches were falling off the family tree. That's right. A lot uh, mm -hmm. written by a family member. Um, so trying to get more information from there. That's what Cedric recommended. Okay. Uh, through the archivist, we can also ask about some more information tied to the Titans. Find out some more information tied to the archivist. Uh, that'd be Kel. That's where we're going. We're going to the archive. Oh, sorry, not the archivist. The archive. Oh, I was like, I don't see that on my map. Sorry, the archive. The grand archive is where we're headed, or where I want to go. Where Roger. the Glynn wants to go. That's where Kel's at. All right. Any so, any historical things you want to catch up on, bud? You were told by the guard, or by the soldier, I will never get that correct, um, by the soldier, that uh, to go to the temple whether or not you actually want to, they're not, you know, they're not shepherding you there. So that's totally up to you if you want to, whether or not you want to make the entire pilgrimage there and then change or whatever, or duck into an alley along the way, totally your call, um, you know, risks and rewards for both. Um, the, uh, the archive, uh, yes, like Kel is someone that you were, uh, you know, pointed towards that direction by Cedric to find out more information. Uh, if you had more questions about, um, you know, the Goldbrake family and what potentially could be going on there. Um, but you haven't met them, haven't talked to them. Um, also, while you're within the inner city, um, it just depends on what's open, what's not. Uh, but there also is uh, the unfamiliar, which is the Enchanter, which is a place that you all, uh, you know, Jargot has been the place you've gone in the past uh, to, to kind of, you know, if you wanted to get some items or whatever else. Uh, so it, it's up to you. Um, but yeah, there are some specifically some shops that are in the inner city that because it's difficult for you guys to get in here, probably should take advantage of that. Um, but that how, like the order in which you want to do that is um, is up to you. But of course, uh, there are hours of operations for all these things, and it's pretty early in the morning right now. So there are potentially, you know, there might be some things that are limited by that. Got it. Not no joke. This entire town has hours of operations for the for each each place. Nice. I'm right back. Uh, yeah. A reminder too, because I'm pretty sure the dwarves that he interacted with and were like, "Oh my God, your God is, are at heavy metal." Uh, you don't know whether they're at heavy metal. Um, I they are in this town, but uh, you have not. Oh, found that's right. They were yet. just going to Cold Break, but I thought they were. They said they were blacksmiths. They are I blacksmiths. Made that jump myself. They, they are traveling. So, mer they're traveling merchants. Traveling craftsmen. These are the. This is that group of dwarfs that we met, like where we got Tony. Yes. Or the chisel uh, that made Tony. A hundred thousand years ago, uh, uh, about um, episode like <laughs> the the episode um, title was called Homecoming. I know that for a fact because there's a old. there's a deep pull that. I feel there was a flesh golem in the Ebon Depths and I took a whole bunch of vials of goo from them. Yes. And I poured it on one of them so I could smell him. Yes, you did. That is a, that is a real thing. Um, holy holy crap. What a fucking pole. My dude. Uh, yes. 
Uh, I will absolutely allow you to do that um, if you want to invoke that. So um, whenever you feel like uh, given that big old sniff, let me know. That's Blaine never going to come up. I just want to make sure that I'm correct. Blaine uses deductive reasoning and uh, Rangram uses his nose. That is quite literally how they both have like considered, continued to interact with each other this entire campaign. Yeah. Like, hey, so I think we could like probably eat these. And he just goes, yeah, we can eat that. <laughs> he, he just really ate a lot of fruity, uh, of, of Fruit Loops. That was it. And just yeah. like, you know, Toucan Sam was just his, his role model the entire time. Toucan Rangram? Fruit Loops. <laughs> I said Fruit Loops. You said Fruity Pebbles. No, I said Fruit Loops. I said Fruity he Pebbles first. I stopped myself. Those are Fruit Loops. <laughs> hey, you all have made it way, <laughs> made your way past the gate, um, and have uh, distanced yourself a decent amount uh, past the guards at this point. Uh, coming from that southern region of the uh, the inner part of the city, um, where would you like to go first, and how would you like to approach this whole thing? I say we stick together for the first part, which is the <laughs> fact-finding part. I say we head to the Grand Archive together, ask what questions we want to ask to the archivist. And then from there, we have all the resources for our advantage in which we might be able to make more informed decisions, i.e. we know what we need to buy. Thoughts? Select info and then shopping spree. That sounds great. Do I ditch this robe or do I? Yeah, can I get out of this? Like, what, whatever it is, I'm, I'm, I'm sweating. Blin's gonna look to Callahan. My, my balls off. Callahan right didn't come in with you. Oh fuck, that's right. Uh, can I do a history check to remember if he said that divine magic was the only kind of magic that was perceptible, or if it's all magic, just divine magic is louder? Uh, yeah, I, I'm just going to give it to you since it was like a very specific question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they are all able to be perceived, um, but divine magic in particular is easy to uh, tell that it's coming from a different source because much like, you know, anything else, it, it's like it has a different flavor. Um, and it, whereas like arcane magic is it's learned magic. And while like sorcerers and wizards have different, like have different magic, like you can tell someone with like a, draconic lineage you know from someone who is a wizard who has learned magic uh but it is it's it's a lot more muddled there's a lot more shades of gray whereas like someone powered by loth and someone powered by the seven are going to have very different uh energy signatures yep the different flavors that's where uh more uh cosmo is the lacroix morden that's where that quote came from lacroix yeah Glenn's gonna look to him and be like, guys, let's just kind of dip down a dark alley real quick and take these off and I'll bundle them up, put them in my backpack and we can uh, head over towards Kel. Just try to not be noticed, but don't use magic to not be noticed. So uh, would you like to dip, duck, dive or dodge? Which one of those would you like to do? Uh, well, I want to take one of those as my That's bonus fair. action. Okay, that's fair. Okay, I'm not gonna waste an action on that. Uh, yeah, any dark alleys or any less lit alleys in this early morn? Oh, you're asking me? Yes, uh, there are. A person that can see the <laughs> yeah. world in their mind, yes. <laughs> yeah, um, of course. Uh, yeah, so 
everyone so i mean i'll say they're less dark uh less grimy than probably uh they 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 could have been um in our in the other parts of the city but yeah i mean absolutely like even cosmo when he was in here earlier like ducked down a alleyway with steve um Couple when times. he ran yeah. into the arbiter so uh yeah i mean you're able to you're able to find a uh like kind of concealed alleyway between a, a few of these um these houses again this this inner city is mostly these tall um like white stone buildings uh multiple like multiple levels like you know two to three stories easily and kind of more tall than they are wide uh with like like a, a golden rooftops uh you know kind of gleaming in the in the morning sun um so yeah you're you're kind of sneaking between these uh these these tall buildings i'm just going to kind of in stride uh drop the outermost row um he's going to yeah no like he's on the ground drop the outer... no he, sorry just hold it like he's gonna take it off and kind of in stride through this like dark hallway or dark walkway and uh kind of tuck it into his into his other robe ultimately so he's still wearing like white hopefully that someone if they're seeing him won't think too much about it or if someone wants to inspect closer i'm not imitating an acolyte Uh, Rangrim's gonna take off the top one and then like just kind of like rip the other one off as it's like I imagine his like pauldrons and the bits of his armor are like stabbing through it and it's like just basically shreds it off and then is gonna pick up the both of them and cast fabricate and make one that just fits that he puts over his armor normally. What's uh, I just, what's I, 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 I just remembered I could do this. Oh, are we sure we want to... Cosmo's suddenly feeling uncomfortable, and uh, he's just like, are we sure we don't want to go all the way to the temple? I mean, he said, go to the temple. Are you... Uh, uh, well, I'm sure he didn't have that good of a look at us. And uh, I guess Cosmo will uh, pull his robe off and uh, put it in his bag of holding. You just drop it in there and you hear it just like whoosh down to the bottom. <laughs> uh, I, Cosmo, I think we might want to keep you away from the Temple of the Seven. And Glenn's saying this quietly as we kind of like emerge back into probably a more common thoroughfare. Uh, during last time you entered the Temple of the Seven, you got lightheaded and passed out. We might want to keep you as far away from the source of well, the most belief possible. I wasn't thinking of going in it. I was just thinking, you know, we get there and then, well, I guess we weren't going to actually go in it. So uh, take our robes them off now or take them off near, closer to the temple. I mean, it's the same. So uh, off we go then. Yeah, oh. just, uh, stick to the alleyways and we'll make our way west to where the Grand Archive is as... Callahan had so expertly pointed out to us last night. Right, yes. Let us make our way downtown. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I make the joke way too often. So uh, as uh, as you all are walking through, um, you're kind of making your way, meandering your way through these alleyways between the houses uh, and trying to stay out of kind of, you know, the limelight in the, the middle of the roads. 
And um, I will say though, you you pass by um, some places that you know you might be you were familiar with uh, going into. Um, on your right hand side, as you're kind of passing through, going to the the left hand side of this inner city, um, you do see a kind of uh, gleaming, beautiful sign uh, that shows a uh, like a couple like a like almost like a, a spectral version of like a rabbit that is uh that's spelling out uh, the unfamiliar in like a, a gleaming smoke um and you can see that the uh the door is like you know it, it seems like it is propped uh like you know cannot propped open but you can see that there is definitely like a, a vibe of it being open uh, as you are passing by it when starts drooling and keeps walking because he knows the grand archive is <laughs> more important to the mission than this place seems kind of cool, Glenn. It looks like they got some stuff there. Uh, they got stuff everywhere. We got to stay on task. Since when? <laughs> uh, persuasion check to try to convince Ranger that we should keep going towards the Grand Archive. Yeah, oh, wow. you guys can do dueling perception or uh, persuasion checks. So what do you? Oh, so your persuasion versus my persuasion? Is that how that works? How do you? How do you have a conversation? How do you oh, intimidate or persuade or counter persuade? I'm pretty sure Rangram is incredibly persuasive. Oh, I'm, no. yeah, I rolled an eight. Roll higher than an eight or a nine. Excuse me. Eighteen. Yeah, that, that works. I mean, yeah, there is some cool stuff. I mean. Rabbit sign is right in itself. Cosmo, yeah, you think we should go in? Cosmo can be persuaded any which way that you. I rolled what an do you at think, one. Cosmo, should we stay? One. Should we stay on track, or should we? You know, not. Whatever you're feeling, uh, Rain Grim. Well. The ball's in my court, so. Ringroom walks right into the unfamiliar. <laughs> and follows. Okay, Cosmo, are you going in after them? Yeah, I'll follow them. We're okay. walking into what? The unfamiliar, the, which is the enchanter. The unfamiliar. Okay. So. All right, we're going to go ask for the, some tiger blood. <laughs> the three of you. The three of you walk into uh, this Charlie door that Sheen. is like, it, it's it's deceptive in the way that like when you open it up, because it just like seems like it's kind of like, you, you open this door and then you walk into it and you just, you feel like you are transported as many other times that you've walked into a door this same way. And you find yourself in a very familiar room, uh, contrary to the name. And the uh, it is a big square room that is kind of towering in its height that is going all the way up the ceiling. There are these like kind of like big vertical slit windows that you can just see like a red heat coming out, like, you know, from the outside, a red light that's like irradiating heat. And this is like a stifling hot room. And you can see that there are just items like along the walls all the way up. You can see that there is, um, you know, just kind of like, there are treasures all around this room, but really meticulously organized, but all of them are covered. There's like dust covers on everything, including a big mirror that is in the corner um, that Glenn may have some experience with. Um, and as you walk into this familiar room that you recognize as the same place that you walked into as um, I think the 
the beast, the beast of burden, or something like that. And then also originally Jargot's Jinxes uh, in both Westreach and in um, Rockdale. You uh, you do see one thing that's different at the far end of the room where there's a tiered staircase going up to the kind of counter at the front that has a glass display case and a bunch of items behind it. You do not see Jargot. You instead see what looks like a kind of elderly human man who is wearing what can only be described as what looks like a wizard's costume. It is like purple and like probably like nylon uh, in like cre- in, in like material and seems to have these gold stars that uh, are mimicked in their, uh, their purple and uh, gold starred hat that's on their head. Uh, and as soon as you walk in, uh, you see them kind of like with their feet up and they have like, they're reading some sort of text. Uh, and they kind of like get to their feet really quickly and goes, Ah, yes, welcome to the unfamiliar. Uh, you, you look oddly familiar. Uh, how, yeah. how, I don't, have I, have we met before? Yeah, well, I mean, somewhat, but also oddly unfamiliar as well. Ah, see what you did there. That's a good one. I do an arcana check to see if there's any illusion spell cast. I'd love Uh, to look through potentially this illusion. Um, Well, DM, this is a fun time to tell you. I rolled a five, but with level 12, it's ASI or feed. You guess what feat I took? I already. I'm gonna reroll that, and it's a 15 uh, <laughs> plus. <laughs> oh, uh, plus four, 19. I took lucky for everybody who is uh, curious. Very nice. Uh, 19 total. Okay. Um, you. While there are many many enchantments in this room. Um, like that just kind of like overwhelm you. I mean, you're not doing like a detect magic. You're just doing regular, just kind of getting getting the gist of it. Um, you don't feel like they are any kind of, there's any kind of illusion spell going on with them uh, at all. Um, perception, what whatever check. Is this the wizard that I took 500 gold from to induct him into uh, like school of wizardry uh, the college of wizards it, the in traveling Rock, college of wizards in, Rock, in rockdale i think it was rangrim you would indeed recognize this figure as the uh as the wizard that you uh who was trying to do magic but was doing like basically street magic uh <laughs> like a magician uh at that time and he goes oh yes i remember you now you're you tried to uh, get one over on me, didn't you? Not, 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 not at all. Look at where he you tried. are now. Uh, I guess that is true, I suppose. Uh, well, you must have gotten into the guild after paying your dues. I, uh, that's, that's, okay, I have to come clean with you about one thing. I, that was kind of a... Uh, I just sometimes I have fun being a a vagabond telling a story and 
you know, just generally getting to meet new people. I, I don't even generally remember what name I used then, but I will be happy to introduce myself to you now. Uh, my name is Felda, at your service. Felda? Oh yes, Felda uh, Byrne is the, my full name, but it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not that important. Are you um? I'm gonna say this respectfully because I don't know if there's really another way to put this. Uh, were you like conceived, or were you just all of a sudden one day in existence? Because I, I know the owner of what I believe this shop to be. And I don't see them really being able to come into a town like this, but I also see them being able to just like create and like Glint's gonna like two hands point to him and be like, I feel like he could maybe make a contract with you to run his shop or threat of like soul burning eternity kind of thing. He asked for blood once and literally uh, like half a town almost died, so. Uh, yes, no, I, I would not ask, uh, Jargot for his blood. That would be, uh, quite rude. But, uh, I ask you, my friend, would any of us truly know if we were a construct? If the construct was as intricate as it needed to be? Oh, yeah, I think I would. And then Rangram's, like, gaze just veers off to the distance, like, And then he just starts putzing about the shop, not speaking to anybody. Angram, while that one tickles your brain, just think about it. If we replace every one of your body parts with an automaton, are you the same Rangrim that started this journey with us, or are you an entirely different Rangrim? Anyways, like I was saying, Felda, <laughs> are you in contract with Jargot? Because if, if this place has taken new ownership, that's somehow more terrifying than the fact that you are no longer a nine-foot cat beast with backwards hands. Respectfully, you see, he looks around to like Chargot, like hope, like if it's like Chargot's like behind, like, respectfully, Chargot, like. You, you see Felda uh, kind of lean towards you, Glenn, and like kind of like narrows his eyes, and like you see his hat droop down like this on the front of his face, and he just Glenn goes leans kind back of slowly deepens his voice and goes I killed Jargot uh Clint puts a hand on his double bladed scimitar <laughs> and inside check yeah Rangrim's um, while putzing around still listening to the conversation goes bullshit and absolutely also wants to inside check that um yeah absolutely uh yeah roll roll insight <laughs> perfectly Glenn got a six incredible not gonna use lucky because it just feels right. <laughs> Red room got a fourteen. Um, because I rolled a five. Still thinking about the uh, Odysseus's ship. Yeah. Cosmo has nothing to write home about either. There, seven. Okay. okay well, Felda, I. Appreciate your new ownership, and uh, previously, Chargot had a, uh, and Glenn's going to look to Cosmos, like, a deal for his favorite champions, and how frequently we came back and spent a lot of gold, so hopefully... That's, 
That's right, he said he was gonna give us his lucky sword the next time he saw us. And insight check. Oh, that is a deception check via my boy. I'm glad I did not finish that sentence. Go ahead, Cosmo. <laughs> He's lying. <laughs> Character growth. Uh, thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, deception is charisma. So. Glad I didn't finish that sentence because that is not what Glenn does well. Ooh, let's go. Sajukor is out to help me get that sword. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. Need that net 20 again. Okay. That's a dirty 20. You still have your luck amulet? I do still have my luck amulet, but I don't know that you can impose in vain. One and one. Um, okay. Uh, so, um, I think that uh, I, I think for one thing, the insight. I think you guys immediately you you notice that like he he kind of like his face like cracks into a smirk pretty much immediately, um, and, uh, and and kind of like is barely able to stop himself from from busting up laughing. Um, and then as soon as you you like he's starting to crack and as soon as Cosmo like makes that uh makes that pledge like or makes that kind of like a uh, declaration that you all have some sort of um uh you know uh, deal with with Jargot or whatever he just like continues laughing goes ah uh, <laughs> oh my okay well I guess the ruse is over uh Jargot is on a much needed holiday he is uh, somewhere in the nine hells I believe I don't know um, but I'm just watching the shop for him in the, in the, in the interim. I unfortunately can't really sell you any of his items currently. I'm, I personally run the, I have an astral, I run the astral tavern in the astral sea. I collect rare and one of a kind items. And as magical as these are, they're, yeah, you can make them again. They've been enchanted. They've, they're not as especially he looks up at the sword back behind his head and goes oh well maybe some of them are but um he like looks over you and goes i um i am happy to help in whatever way if you have previous dealings or whatever you're doing but i uh, I, I unfortunately am unable to sell you any of his uh, wares until he returns but uh, it should be in a day or two so don't worry I mean, if you can't Whoa. sell us anything, what's the point of leaving the shop open then? Ah, well, do, uh, I mean, there are things we can do. Uh, I can, I am proficient in enchanting certain items if you're looking to improve something you already have. And I also, uh, like I said, I am a collector of one of a kind items, things that you can't find or attain otherwise. So I so can if you. I can sell you things. Is that what you're saying? You can sell me things, and you can we can do trades. We can IOU kind of situation. Uh, we can, if you'd like, do. Uh, we can. I'm sure we can make a deal. Is there uh, anything that you've come across recently that's exceptionally interesting? I know we have found some interesting items in our time. Uh, England's gonna pull out the shrimp pistol from the ship 
and he's going to hold it out and being careful not to, uh, you know, to honor true trigger discipline. He's going to make sure he never places a hand near the triggers. Like, I never really got it to work well. Kind of has a mind of its own, but I know it's got a hell of a kick. It might be something that uh, you either keep for yourself in travels. It's pretty compact or might be something that you uh, maybe uh, can pawn off to somebody else. Got a real good nautical theme. You might be able to hit that niche market next time you're coastal. Ah, yes, I know the uh, that is that is kind of a flourishing market, um, especially with the with the younger crowd. I he's kind of takes it in his hand and like it's it's kind of like it's, I, I feel like as soon as you like set it out on the counter, it just kind of like is doing that thing like shrimp stewards like back kicking yeah, its way across exactly. the uh, yep. across the tabletop and supporting like it's just like making like ambient water on the tabletop. Um, he's like, I. Uh, I don't know how to say it's a not my uh, style, I guess. I, I think the Jargoths might be interested in this. If I am apologize, I apologize that I can't offer the full services, but uh, he seemed to think it was better than closing down. Well, sure. I guess that's uh, maybe not the best way to go about it. And gonna pocket the pistol again. What you maybe have on the table? Maybe we just don't know your taste yet. He um. I think he's he's looking at you, Glenn, and goes, "Do you mind um, how how comfortable comfortable are you with uh well probing mental magics?" I mean, I ideally you buy me dinner first, but if you tell me there's something worth it at the end, there might be a conversation to be had. Ah. Uh, I, uh, I'll try to be gentle, I promise. Uh, um, well, I hate this whole line of questioning. <laughs> um, maybe you could show us some of this other junk, because you can't sell us any of the good stuff. Uh, he's, like, looking at all the stuff that's, like, covered in, in, uh, different kind, like, different cloths and everything else. Like, everything's underneath these, like, little, like, uh, these little shrouds. And this uh, just, uh, all right, listen, listen. Is there anything that you have that you would want to, to be en- enchanted? I, I'm, I'm happy to provide enchantments. That's easy to do. It's simple. I could give you a straightforward price on it if there's something you'd like. Otherwise, I, and he's kind of like, look like he's just, he, he's, he kind of keeps stopping and he's like, I do sense that maybe there is something. You you seem to have, a, just all of you have an aura of magic about you. I think that you might have something I'm interested in, but I do not have all day to, maybe it would be best to come back at another time and maybe think it through and I'll be here for another day or so. And if not, then I'm sure that Jargot can give you a doorway to the Astral Tavern if you really are in need of my services. Well, uh, like, well, what's this thing about? And Ringram's just gonna pull the cloth that's on the large mirror. Lynn immediately steps out of view of the mirror, just Same. like straight up, straight up Dex roll. Um, Co- Cosmo is trying to likely try nonchalant ensure not in range. Um. Rangrim, roll me a, uh, roll me, hmm, roll me a D100. 
<laughs> oh no. That's a lot of options. Oh no, oh no. That's at least like five more than 20. At least. I, oh, you're rolling. Oh, I see. Three? You rolled a two tens, is that what you're doing? You rolled a three on a 100? Oh God. Yes. Really low's really good or really bad? Rangrim. Um, Cosmo, Glenn, you see Rangrim John. pull the up. <laughs> um, you see, you see Rangrim pull the uh, curtain off of this, off of this, um, off of this mirror, and you just see them, him just go catatonic, just standing there staring this mirror, and you don't see anything because you're out of the range of it. But Rangrim, you feel yourself being pulled inside of this and you feel yourself like just tumbling and tumbling and tumbling and you feel yourself hit the ground hard and it is hot and the the air around you is red and stifling and as you're kind of like kind of blinking your 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 eye your one eye that has like tear ducts in it it's watering and you look up and you just see a familiar form a uh, of of Jargot, who is sitting there and uh, <laughs> collecting uh, some items off of the ground and turns to you and goes, Greg, what the hell are you doing in here? And that is where we're going to leave the oh session tonight. God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Straight to the source. Dude, you... Oh that was not what I was expecting to happen. You have the best Jargot luck. Like, the best. The best. The ac best accidental. <laughs> I have zero reason to ever want to go to Jargot besides seeing what Rangram does. Jargot <laughs> was, was exactly. in the room. I was... It's just... I thought this was, was the bathroom. for the bathroom. 100%. Yep. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Almost Heroes and their mostly 5th edition D&D adventures. We post new podcast episodes every Monday, and you can catch us live on Twitch every Tuesday at 7 p.m. PST at twitch.tv slash bangerangbobby. See you there.